This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. There are certain things in this world that when they're paired together, they're better than when they're apart. Peanut butter and jelly? Wonderful. I am a peanut butter and jelly fan. I have been since I was a kid. I still eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Those things are, are better together. I've had a plain peanut butter sandwich. It's nutritious, it's protein, but it's not nearly as good as peanut butter and jelly. I've also had a plain jelly sandwich when I was a kid. Not, not very good. But I thought it would be a good idea, and I talked my parents into it. Peanut butter and jelly is, is where it's at. How about Oreos and a glass of cold milk? Those are two things that go together. Now, Oreos are great. A crispy chocolate cookie, cream filling, wonderful. A, a glass of ice cold milk on a hot day, excellent. You put those two things together, though, better than they were before. There's so many things in this world like that. In fact, Companies are, are exploiting the fact that some things are better together. Have you seen the jar of peanut butter and jelly together? It's got like stripes on the side. Someone somewhere thought, this is a great idea. Let's market this together. People can save money just by one jar. It's terrible. It's not <laughs> worth buying. Somebody at Heinz decided to sell a bottle of ketchup and ranch together. I don't know what the name of that is. They probably mashed it together and made some weird new, new word. But it's ranch and ketchup in the same bottle. I've never put ranch and ketchup on the same thing in my life. I'm not sure who decided this would be better than ranch by itself. There's not a whole lot of things better than ranch by itself. But somebody thought ketchup would be it. No, thank you. But there are good things in this world that when paired together, we, we, we discover how they're, they're made, completed, amplified in a variety of ways. Today, we're going to talk about prayer and fasting, two things that go together in Scripture. And we're going to continue the teaching that we began last week in our Holy Habits series. And we started talking all about prayer, talking about what it means for us to designate time in the presence of God, to focus, to concentrate, and, and to talk with Him. We also talked about what it means to open up a continual conversation with God, that carries us through our day, a conversation that, that allows us to share our thoughts and our feelings and our reactions to all of the things that we encounter and, and allow God to, to lead us and direct us through all the things we experience in a day and see how uh, that, that open conversation connects us with the Lord. Today, we're going to talk all about fasting as a supplement to our prayer that we will, will, will find. Uh, intensifies that, that time in, in prayer for the Lord and, and creates this, this significance for us in the way that we, we speak to God as we sacrifice in that process, as we, as we give of ourselves. And it, it changes the way that we, we speak to God when we, when we pair fasting with our prayers. So let's, let's begin talking about fasting as it teaches us to depend on God. Now, biblically speaking, fasting is giving up food, something that we depend on, giving up food so that we can learn to depend on God. Fasting becomes for us this change. It's a change in our 
manner of life, a change in our, our thought of, of what we need and desire instead of pursuing a, a hunger or a desire of our life, we then pursue the presence of God. It, it changes our, our routine. Have you, have you noticed how routines really just kind of carry us through life? You, you have the same kind of thing probably that you do every day. You, you wake up and you get ready and you travel to work and you begin the same kind of tasks. You talk to the same kind of people. Maybe one day is different from the next. Maybe you have a week-long routine and you notice that you do a certain thing Monday, a different thing Tuesday, a different thing Wednesday. And if you're, if you're not careful, you could, you could kind of hit autopilot and get through a couple of days without putting a lot of thought into what it is that you're doing. What fasting does is it creates this significant change by ripping one thing out of our schedule that we, we believe is an absolute need that's always there, like a lunch. It creates this, this opening for God and provides for us this very clear, focused opportunity to, to learn to depend on God's sustenance, on, on our relationship with Him as we, we set aside a very important, valuable part of our lives so that we can devote our time and attention to the Lord. We look to Scripture for descriptions of, of fasting, especially when it's appropriate for us to fast. We, we begin in the Old Testament, we see all kinds of opportunities for us to fast and pray. Um, Moses, in approaching the presence of God, spent time fasting. And I think it's important for us to see as we prepare to worship, as we, as we dedicate time and devotion to God, that's an appropriate time and place to fast and pray. We think about the history section of the Old Testament, First uh, and 2 Samuel, First and 2 Kings, First and 2 Chronicles, in the uh, explanation of the monarchy of the people of Israel, we see several examples of great opportunities to pray when the people of Israel were at war with other nations. They were going up against, in one occasion, the Philistines, and they felt overwhelmed, like they were surely going to lose this battle. And so their response was collectively to come together and fast and pray, plead for protection from the Lord, deliverance from their enemies. And it, it's a great reminder to us when we have conflict in our relationships, when there's something standing between us and another person. We're not sure how to get through, overcome. One of the great things that we can do is to fast and pray over that difficulty. Fast and pray about that relationship, about that person, and, and see how God is leading us to respond. We see other opportunities of fasting and prayer among individuals and the people of Israel as a whole and in terms of repentance as they, the people of Israel were called to recognize their own sin as they worshiped other gods. They came before the Lord in fasting and prayer in repentance, demonstrating their, the sincerity of their hearts in that repentance uh, in terms of our relationship with the Lord. When we acknowledge wrong that we've done, we come to repent of that sin and turn back to the Lord, fasting and prayers, an appropriate response to God to demonstrate the sincerity of our hearts. Uh, there are occasions in Scripture where uh, healing was desired, where uh, the individual heard about a sickness and potential death of another person and, and fasted and prayed over that illness. It would be a, a great opportunity for us to take an opportunity to fast and pray as we, as we take requests to God on behalf of our loved ones and friends for healing in their life, for God to intervene. There are other opportunities when uh, people fast and prayed simply in humility before the Lord to seek God's provision and protection 
to ask God's guidance, to celebrate God's deliverance. All great opportunities for us to go before the Lord and, and seek his will and seek his guidance. We turn to the New Testament and we see an example from Jesus about an opportunity to fast and pray. This is prior to his, the beginning of the, Jesus' earthly ministry, uh, he went into the wilderness for a time of temptation. And prior to that time of temptation, he fasted. In Matthew chapter 4, we read that account. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, we have one of maybe the greatest understatements in all of Scripture. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry just a little bit. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It's written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This was the way that Jesus prepared himself to fast, to dedicate his time to the Lord. And it was an opportunity for him to prepare for ministry, to prepare for temptation, to prepare himself in connection with God for the things that he would encounter here on this world. A very powerful example to us. And you would think in, in preparation for something significant like this, physical strength would be important. And that fasting for such an extended time would leave Jesus weak, vulnerable, but this is where the strength of the Lord is made clear in this fast and drawing on his relationship with God and his divine power, recognize the significance of accepting the physical weakness, growing and, and focusing on the spiritual aspect that's, that's significant for us as we prepare for service, roles of ministry, for leadership that we should surrender to God and allow him to draw us into him, allow him to provide strength for us spiritually, see where he leads us. The early church, fasting was a part of their routine, their lives. And we see in a church in Antioch, uh, verse two, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This, Listen, listen to the way this is presented. As they fasted and prayed, as they worshiped, this is a, a normal part of their worship together that they would give up food for a time and dedicate themselves to the Lord. And as they were fasting and worshiping, they heard the Spirit lead them. They understood what it was the Spirit was calling them to do, and they were faithful to do what the Spirit said. Fasting was the opportunity, the occasion, the position that they placed themselves in to hear and understand the guidance of the Lord. And they followed through later in Acts chapter 13. We read about Paul and Barnabas uh, having been sent by this uh, group. They're out traveling, and as they encounter these opportunities to place leaders in churches and elders, they fast and pray over those leaders as they lay their hands on them and commit them to the Lord. And it's important that we follow that same process in our lives. And when we send ministers into ministry, we lay our hands on them, ordain them into ministry, and very often fasting is a part of that. When we install elders uh, as leaders of the church, uh, we have the same kind of ordination process. Very valuable part of submitting to the Lord and allowing him to lead us and guide us, following after his will. And we recognize the importance in our lives to put ourselves in that same position 
to recognize God's guidance, to understand what it is that he's calling us to, and to go where he leads us. And when we have big decisions to make. Maybe you're like me and you've, you've prayed over those decisions. You've sought uh, the Lord's guidance in a, about a, a job. You've sought the Lord's guidance about uh, a, a house to buy. Maybe uh, sought the Lord's guidance about where to send your kids to college. You've sought the Lord's guidance about these big decisions that, that can feel overwhelming. And you want to know that you're honoring God and the decisions that you have to make. And so you, you turn to him and you pray. Fasting is an appropriate part of that time of seeking the Lord's guidance and recognizing for yourself how important it is for you to, to hear and to understand and to follow and demonstrating to God how important it is for you to hear his leading and to follow his leading, that you would choose to sacrifice, to fast as you pray, to seek his provision, to seek his strength and to seek his will. It's important when we think about how we serve the Lord in roles of ministry, in, in ways that we give of ourselves, that we would be willing to fast and pray over those opportunities as we, as we seek God's guidance, knowing that following Him will require more from us than maybe we have to give. And when we fast and pray, we position ourselves to let go of our desires and to seek what it is that God desires for us. Fasting is an opportunity for us to focus our attention on God. And as we learn from the example of Jesus, we also learn from his teaching. Last week, we heard Jesus teach about how to pray. A continuation of that passage from Matthew is Jesus uh, instructing disciples how they should go about fasting. Here's what he said in Matthew chapter 6. When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast... Put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who's unseen. And your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. There's some very key elements in this passage that help us understand what fasting should look like in our lives. Jesus said, when you fast. Not if you fast, when you fast. This is an expectation for us as believers to practice in the course of our faith, that we would choose to make fasting a part of our relationship with the Lord. That, our, that when we fast, our, our time in prayer with the Lord, giving up a meal, would be personal and devotional. Jesus said, when you fast, don't make a show of it. Don't tell everybody around you that you're fasting. Don't try and make yourself look, look spiritual. Make this something that's between you and the Lord. Because when people congratulate you for the depth of your faith, that's all the reward that you're going to get. When you're discreet about your dedication to the Lord, your relationship with God grows as he draws you in. And it's about you coming closer to the Lord. It's about you seeking his guidance, seeking his provision, seeking his protection. Don't make a display of it. Make every effort to be discreet. And that means you probably have to at least let a spouse know, let a trusted friend or family member know what you're doing so that they're not worried about you, so they're not asking you questions that put you in a public place to say, well, I, I, I can't eat right now, I'm fasting. Uh, be, be prepared, plan in advance for when you're going to fast so that you don't make a big deal about saying no to people very, very publicly. I'm sorry, I can't have a lunch with you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fast today. Plan out your other commitments and appointments so that you can discreetly fast and recognize that like Jesus after his fast, you're going to be hungry. 
And you need to plan for your own mood and attitude while you're fasting. And know that each of us respond to hunger in different ways. Some of us, we get really irritable and grumpy and angry. Snickers has had a great way of letting people know how to satisfy their hunger. And you've seen Snickers commercials. There's some of them that, that they have the hangry guy who gets hungry and angry. And he's just snapping at people and being a real bear. And they hand him a Snickers. And then he's like back to himself again. They also have uh, the other people who uh, when they're hungry, they get very dramatic and turn into a diva. And they have these guys playing like touch football outside. And one of them turns into Betty White or one of the Golden Girls, whatever, because they're just over dramatic about everything. Know that when you're when you're significantly hungry, you have to be very careful about your reactions and your responses. And when you're fasting, it's important to think quickly and speak slowly, so that you can be discreet about the way that you are spending time with the Lord and not make a display about not having had enough to eat, being hungry because you're fasting, but so that you can faithfully devote that time to the Lord and still honor the people in your relationships and treat them well through the process. Fasting is an important part of our relationship with the Lord that helps us to focus all of our attention on Him. And the opportunities that we have to fast, we, we mentioned examples in Scripture, and it's important for each of us to be willing to seek God in this way, to recognize the opportunities that come in our lives that, that feel like they're beyond us, big decisions that are overwhelming because they're, they're things that are out of our control. Those are things to, to approach the Lord in prayer and fasting about. when. We have opportunities in our lives. We feel, we feel a conviction to, to respond, a, a need that needs to be met. We think, well, I think God's pushing me to, to care for this person. When there's a, a role of service in the church, we think, well, maybe, maybe I'm the one who should step in and fill this role. When there's a, a position of, of leadership in a ministry, we think, well, maybe God's calling me to this. And we feel very strongly convicted. Have you noticed that, that usually when we feel a strong conviction from the Lord, our first response is to work through all the excuses that would keep us from doing that. Well, I'm too busy. This is going to require sacrifice. There's going to be risk involved. I'm not sure I'm ready to follow through on this. And, and what, what prayer and fasting does for us when we feel conviction is it gives us a very focused time to evaluate those arguments clearly and distinctly and allow God to, to, to sort those arguments for us, to, to help us set aside those things that are really just kind of selfish and, and to help us realize if any of those arguments have, have merit, if they're valuable. And then to recognize how it is that God is leading us. And what I've found to be true is that very often God convicts us and leads us to do things that require us to be uncomfortable. God convicts us and leads us to do things that, that will, will put us in a position of sacrifice. And maybe those decisions don't always make great financial sense, but we know that they make good spiritual sense. And while we want to argue with those things, prayer and fasting helps us see through God's perspective of what it is that he wants to do in our lives, the things that he's going to call us to that, that surpass what we could ever ask or imagine, that in our prayers as we fast, God provides to us this very clear understanding of what he can and will do in our lives and through our lives when we faithfully follow where it is that he's leading us. And 
And so it's important for us to begin implementing this practice into our lives, this holy habit that draws us into the Lord. Maybe fasting is a part of your prayer life. If so, I want to encourage you to continue. But I'm aware of the fact that there's a potential that, that maybe you've never fasted before. And if that's the case, I want to offer you some, some advice about how to begin fasting. Let's, let's, let's begin by talking about what a fast is and what a fast isn't. Uh, biblically speaking, a fast is abstaining from food so that you can pray. Biblical fasting describes uh, individuals who, in a complete and total fast, would neither eat nor drink for a designated amount of time to, to spend time with the Lord. There are other fasts described in the Bible where an individual didn't eat, but they did drink water. They, they consumed liquids that didn't have any caloric value, but that kept the body hydrated. And this enables you to, to fast and, and stay hydrated and healthy. Uh, there are other fasts that, that we might think about, especially in terms if you have a health concern, that if you're not taking in the right amount of calories, it would be detrimental to your health. And if you have a, a health condition, an alternate fast might be most appropriate for you, where you would choose to eat something that would provide calories, but not a lot of flavor. You would just get some plain oatmeal with no sugar, no, nothing in it. We would just have a meal of gruel so that you're, you're sacrificing, but you're still able to consume calories. Maybe you, you're going to dedicate some other sacrifice to the Lord. You're going to give up junk food. You're going to give up soda. You're going you're gonna to give up some other thing. Uh, and, and those can be helpful, but they're, they're not specifically what a fast calls us to. Uh, a more appropriate thing would, would be to give up something that consumes your time, your energy, and your attention. So maybe a, an appropriate alternate fast for you would be to give up entertainment, turn off the TV, stop streaming shows, and dedicate time and prayer to the Lord. Maybe it would require you to put your, lock your phone, set the, set the time limits on all your apps so all you can do is call and text for a week and dedicate that time in prayer to the Lord and see what it is that God does in you as you stop thumbing through apps and dedicate your time and attention to Him. If your health is good, you're not concerned about uh, missing a meal, it's always best to follow the biblical pattern of giving up a food for a designated amount of time to pray. An alternate fast is something that can supplement your, your food fast, but shouldn't replace a food fast unless you really have a health concern. So I would encourage you to uh, dive into this process, even if it's uncomfortable, if you're a little concerned about how you're going to respond and, and what it's going to do to you physically the, the best way for you to discover how this will impact you is to try it and to see how God sustains you, see how God supplies for your needs and, and develops you spiritually as you submit to him. Fasting brings about in us certain elements that aren't usually at the top of the, the list of qualities. Fasting brings us to a place of humility recognizing our weakness, recognizing our limits, helping us see with the right perspective who we are. Fasting helps develop in us a trust for God as we, as we let go of other things that we trust in. Fasting helps us to turn to God wholeheartedly. And, and here's the thing about food. We all think about food as a physical need, but the reality is that many of us turn to food as an answer to emotional needs. And we've developed this habit of eating to cope with stress, to cope with difficulty. 
And it's a coping mechanism that we use, that we allow flavor and the texture and the process of chewing and swallowing to be this cathartic experience. And maybe that's you, maybe it's not, maybe you're in denial about it, but let me ask you this. Do you ever find yourself with your hand in a bag of chips? You're not really hungry, but you're just eating. Or you have a hostess, snack cake, one in each hand. And you're not entirely sure why, but you feel better because you're eating them. Let me, let, me, let me suggest that when we turn to food to, to comfort us, when we turn to food to bring us peace, we're allowing food to replace something that we should only allow God to be doing in our lives. And when we, when we turn our backs on God and turn toward snacks, we're not only damaging ourselves physically, we're damaging our selves spiritually. We're damaging our relationship with the Lord. And what we need to do is, is to allow fasting to break this habit and produce in us a, a, a better process, a holier habit that we would turn to the Lord and allow him to provide a, a peace that lasts, that isn't gone as soon as the snacks are gone, a, a strength that will carry us through difficulty, comfort that really begins to resolve the tension that's built up in us. The supernatural provision of God that meets those needs in a way that nothing in this created world can because it comes directly from him. Fasting brings us to this place of trust in the Lord. It brings us a focus in a unique way. It brings us to a place of submission to God where we, we truly are turning to him. Fasting is an application of spiritual dependence. And it requires us to give God designated time and direct toward him prayer requests. The process of fasting is important. We take the time that we would have used to make food and eat food, and that's the time we give to God in prayer. So depending on when you fast, that's how much time you give to God. If you're eating peanut butter and jelly for lunch, you're giving God about five minutes in prayer, let's be honest. It doesn't take that long to make a sandwich and eat it. If you're smoking some meat for dinner and you choose instead to fast, that's hours you can spend fasting and praying before the Lord. What you need to do is plan ahead and, and prepare for the time that you're going to give the Lord allowing that process to draw you into him and recognize that you're, you can use that process of fasting as a reminder to pray. God made us to hunger so that we will keep putting food in our mouths and sustain our bodies. When you fast, you're going to feel hungry and there will be an emptiness here that you'll want to fill. There will be pains in your stomach letting you know it's time to eat. Whenever you feel hungry, it is a great reminder to pray over that thing that you are fasting about. And even though you've already spent time then in the, when you were not preparing food and when you, when you were not eating that food and you've moved on and you're waiting for the next meal because you're not snacking, you're fasting. Every time you feel hungry, every time you get a hunger pang, you, you can return to that topic of prayer continually throughout your day. And it is a great reminder that draws you back to the Lord, reminding you of the significance of that topic of prayer. And it's a valuable tool for you to focus your attention and draw you back in to the Lord. As you begin this process, let me, let me encourage you to, to start with just one meal. That you would give up that one, that one meal and spend that time praying. Spend that time 
focused entirely on God. As that becomes a part of your, your spiritual process, you maybe will fast over a meal once a month or once a week. Once it beco- you become more accustomed to that, then skip two meals and, and see how God works in you. See how this process deepens your relationship with the Lord, grows you spiritually. And then see about going for a 24-hour fast. Stop eating after dinner one night, have dinner, and then don't have any snacks. Don't have breakfast, don't have lunch, wait to eat dinner again the next day. That's a, that's, you've only skipped two meals, but a full 24 hours will have passed. And see how God guides your thinking. See how God draws you into him. See how God works through that time that you dedicate. When it's time for you to eat again, break your fast slowly. Be careful about the food you choose to eat. You will be hungry. You will want to put anything you can get your hands on in your mouth and eat it. But go slow. Think about what you eat for breakfast. That's the, where the word breakfast comes from. It's a breaking of a fast in the morning. You haven't eaten all night, and so you have soft, palatable foods. Eggs, toast, bacon. Oh, now I'm getting hungry. But think about the, think about the, the foods that are easy on your stomach. Begin eating again after your fast with those things that aren't going to upset you so that the process in and out of the fast is as smooth as possible. Now, here's the challenge. Let's all fast. Now, we've had these challenges with, uh, with uh, Fast Forward, our women's ministry event, where we give up a meal and we, we donate the money that we would have spent, and we use that as outreach. Uh, and, it's, and usually it's kind of arbitrary. We've had a few dedicated times, but usually it's just fast whenever you want to. I don't want to give you some arbitrary thing that you'll forget about. Let's all fast tomorrow for lunch. It's a, it's a day off. It's President's Day. Uh, you're not going to be at work. You'll have time. You won't be around a lot of people that have to make a big deal about it. Let's all, let's all take lunch time tomorrow. Have a good meal tonight. Have a good breakfast if you're concerned about being too hungry. And give your time that you would have spent eating and preparing lunch tomorrow in prayer to the Lord. Let's pray about our church. Let's pray about our unity. Let's pray about our reach into the community and bringing people to know the Lord. Let's pray for our leadership. Let's, let's, let's dedicate lunchtime tomorrow to this family of believers here at Parkview. And together, wherever we are, we'll know that we're supporting one another in fasting and prayer together. Let's begin this process as one. And so I want to challenge you to take part in a lunchtime fast tomorrow. That's my plan, and I want to invite you to do that with me. Let's, let's pray right now. God, thank you for the opportunity you present us with to discover this, this incredible means, this incredible practice of, of drawing into you. God, I pray that you would focus our attention. I pray that you would help us to understand our dependence on you, that we would trust you and see how you guide us, see how you lead us, see how you comfort us through the process. Lord, we are so grateful to you. and We thank you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.